Hello, and welcome to the Wellbeing Podcast. I hope that wherever you're listening from today, you can be refreshed and empowered to go and serve well. With these raw and authentic conversations with other Christian women in healthcare, we're going to talk about the struggles, the victories, and all the ways that the Lord moves in and through his servants in the healthcare field. Hello, friends, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the podcast. So it is the dun 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 one year anniversary of the Wellbeing Podcast. <laughs> so I wanted to compile just some of my favorite moments from all of the episodes over the past year since we started. There honestly has been amazing moments. Um, every single episode is just so special to me and I think there's so much wisdom in all of them. So it's really hard to pick my favorites. Um, but first I wanted to share some of the funniest moments that we've had on the podcast. There have been a lot. So, um, I had to just pick my top three for y'all. So without further ado, here you go. (laughs) We literally were talking before this. I'm like, we're going to laugh a lot. So this is just – this is going to be a more fun episode just for all of y'all. It's lighthearted. Yes, very much so. Okay. So we'll start off um, with a funnier one, I guess, or a more lighthearted one. Um, so somebody asked, do doctors and nurses interact socially at the hospital? And I also got lots of ones saying, like, find your make dreamy. Okay, y'all. See, a lot of people say, you're going to marry like a doctor, you know, it's Grey's Anatomy. It's not like Grey's Anatomy. It is not at all. Um, We only interact with doctors when it has to do with our patients, really. Um, They're typically already married, and I don't really think they're going to think I'm attractive when I have bags under my eyes, a mask on, my hair's thrown up, and my scrubs. Like, it's just not a reality. Yeah, no. Uh, days are way too busy to be like searching for a man. I'm worried about other things. Yeah, I don't have time to flirt. No, <laughs> absolutely. I don't even think I know how. So, uh, <laughs> also, I don't brush my hair before I go to work. I have zero makeup on. Mm-hmm. It's in a knot on the top of my head. So yeah. it's, I, you know, it's not a pageant there. So yeah, no. unless they're like <laughs> really impressed with the way that I give a med or something I don't think they're yeah gonna, like, I mean the most me. interaction is like if they're in the room when I'm going to do a med pass and I'm like getting updates on them like in real time instead of over the computer yeah I'm like but, hi I'm their nurse are you the doctor yeah I and mean that's kind of it we just talk about the patient it's really just that busy like yeah. nobody's like really doing all that yeah. yeah but one fun fact So at UT Southwestern, I've noticed there's a lot of med students at our hospital. Um, And I don't know if it's just like a Texas thing or what, but I've seen multiple people wear cowboy boots under their scrubs. Oh, for sure. And I really like that. I feel like our surgeons do that too. Yeah, I think so too. I I should do that. What would you think if I did that? If I just showed up? Although I have jogger scrubs. So my I boots. also do. Wait, <laughs> my be on the outside. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> That'd probably get us to socially interact because people would make fun of us. So. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the wrong socially interaction. <laughs> awesome. I remember during my L&D clinical, um, like we were supposed to do antepartum, NICU, all these things. 
And I was like, can you just put me in L&D every single clinical rotation? Like, I absolutely <laughs> love it. And I just remember like, like you said, you know, I was there like holding the leg and I would look up kind of like whenever at a wedding, you look at the groom when the bride starts walking down the aisle to see their reaction. Well, I would, uh-huh. I would always do that with the dad. Like I would look up and see their reaction, like right as their baby comes out. And, you know, sometimes it's like, this look of like, oh my gosh, like that's my baby girl and they're crying. But sometimes it's like, what just came out of you? This is the most disgusting thing ever. And it always just like, I would like cry, laugh. Oh my goodness. Like all the emotions with them. But um, I do remember one specific case. I was telling my brother this, so he would be prepared in case he had to do this. But, you know, they do the, they do the skin to skin right after the babies are born. And, um, one, the mom, like she couldn't do skin to skin cause they had to, you know, like fix some things up down there, but they wanted uh-huh. to do that immediate skin to skin. And the dad just like ripped off his shirt and was like, I'm ready to go. And we were like, whoa. <laughs> okay, cool. Here ready we go. Yeah. <laughs> it was the cutest thing ever. So I'm sure oh, you've seen really I'm sure you've seen some uh fun, funny things and some emotional things for sure. It's really funny because I've never seen so many men like immediately willing to take their shirts off. Like the moment you mentioned. <laughs> And they're all like the shirts off before you even finish the finish, yeah. you know? <laughs> Like I'm prepared. I know. It's, it's, so that's actually kind of like a normal thing. Not like in the sense that like baby's born, dad's like ripping his shirt off so ready. Yeah. But it's always like funny. If you're like, dad, do you want to try skin to skin? Like the shirt's already off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I think so much of that comes from like I was just talking with my brother about, you know, their experience they just had. And I feel like it's hard because you know, they're having to watch their wife go through this like traumatic, like sometimes it can be very traumatic birth, this painful experience. And like, they can't really do much except like, you know, rub your shoulders or they kind of feel like helpless, like, cause they can't, you know, take that pain from you and they so desperately want to. And so the first time, you know, they can help in any way that they can, they're just like so eager to, I think it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, I also love watching the dads. I mean, it just totally melts me um, whenever they're just so like emotional about the entire experience. Yeah. So yeah, dads are dads are super, super cute when they're in the delivery room. <laughs> definitely. Most of the time. Sometimes they get really grossed out and you're like, all right, get out of here. Just go take a seat. You're going to yeah. be fine. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so I'm really curious what y'all's funniest memory is from nursing school your favorite memory because I know there can be a lot between labs with like mannequins and doing nursing school through a pandemic and clinicals so I just want to hear what y'all's funniest memory is I have like a a small funny one yes (laughs) but it was during our first semester when it was all labs and it felt like everything was like moving super fast and we were I guess a little stressed maybe a little tired Um, but our lovely lab professor brought us snacks one day and like she came in the room to tell us and I just started crying. (laughs) Like that was it. That's all I needed. (laughs) It truly is the little things in life. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, You feel all the emotions in nursing schools. It's like snacks, I'm crying. Hard work, I'm crying. You know, like anything, I'm crying. Yeah, literally. Um, okay, so I do not see myself as being very squeamish. I mean, like blood and wounds and stuff. Like I've always been fine with all of that. But then 
I got to my OB clinical and watched my first live birth and fainted in front of the patient. <laughs> so oh my gosh. That was really interesting. I don't know what it was. I, yeah, I've never had anything medical like get to me like that, but just watching a live birth, it, it was just something different, man. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, so we know yeah, that was you kind of interesting. We're not going to put you in labor and delivery or OB or anything. <laughs> I don't know that that's what the Lord has called me to. I mean, who knows? But yeah, after that experience, maybe not. <laughs> All right, friends. I hope you enjoyed some of those funny moments um, from some of the past episodes. So next, I just wanted to share just some of my favorite moments in general. These are ones that have just really impacted me that... Um, really made me think and just really heartwarming. Some are just hard things to hear, but really good things to hear. Um, yeah, these are ones that have just really made an impact on me um, and just hold a very special place in my heart. And so um, I hope you enjoy these next ones. Um, and uh, a story that, that I think maybe kind of captures a little bit of the heart behind what we're doing is um, we had uh, a dad bring his, a Tatamara man, bring his young son to the hospital. Um, and he uh, was a village leader and he was one that I was suspicious of about that influence, but it was kind of like you mentioned, you kind of you reach a certain point and it was maybe a last resort. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he brought his son and we um, actually were able to help. It was a fairly simple um, procedure and we helped him out um, and the dad had previously um, as a leader in his community the dad had basically forbidden Christian influence um, anytime someone would come with the gospel he would send them away they know you're not welcome here of course we have to respect that yeah. um, but after they, we treated his son he approached us and said I, I've never seen People care for my family, even from within my own community. People haven't showed this kind of love and care for my family. And because of that, he ended up inviting specifically the Christians um, to come back again. And now, like, Jesus is known in his community. And so that's wow. just maybe like one example of how the hospital is transforming lives um, physically, spiritually, all of the above. Wow. That's just so amazing because like you said you talk about the patients and they're just now you know seeing some fruit from what they planted almost 20 years ago and I think in an American culture we're just we want everything right now you know we pray we ask the Lord Lord please give me you know this one thing and we're like mad when it doesn't show up the next day or something and so that just shows that the Lord's timing is ultimately the sweetest you know we have to be patient and even if we don't see some big change right away the lord is slowly Mm -hmm. working on the hearts and using people to plant those seeds that's just so amazing to hear and so encouraging um and again like i said just getting that perspective you know and just realizing like wow the little things that i do matter planting those little seeds just giving compassionate loving encouraging care can mean a lot to somebody i mean you know, y'all just cared for and took care of this man's son. 
and now he's receptive to the gospel mm-hmm. when he was so closed off. Talk about the Lord softening the heart of, you know, someone who had a hardened heart to begin with. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, like in your hard shifts, that doesn't mean the Lord isn't present in those days. The Lord, he saw me cry in the bathroom after that patient screamed at me. He was giving me strength so that I could be strong for my patient as they're bleeding out. His hands were on my hands as I was applying pressure, trying to stop it. He was with me in the room when my patient found out that they have cancer. He was with me when my patient finally gave me a smile, when my patient finally told me thank you. He was there even if we don't feel it and sometimes don't understand why we have to go through these hard endurance testing days. We are being crushed and pressed. But friends, new wine will come. The Christian life isn't easy, and we know this, especially the Christian healthcare life. Some days I'm just so stressed, and I get angry at a patient or a situation, and I just want to gossip about it or treat that patient exactly the way that they're treating me so that they understand just how awful they're being to me. But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to love and pray for the patients, the ones that threaten you, that yell at you, that don't even take the time to know your name. We're called to pray for them. We're called to serve them and to love them, even if we get nothing in return. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. I don't know about you, but I I feel comfort knowing, okay, Jesus went through the exact same thing I did. Maybe not exactly, you know, walking through the hospital and taking care of five patients or whatever it is. But he was mocked. He was ridiculed. He went through hard endurance testing. He went through patience testing. Like he, he went through a lot of these things that we're feeling. He went through the exhaustion. Um, he went through feeling unseen, feeling isolated at times. And so I find comfort knowing, okay, the Lord knows what I'm going through and more importantly he so intimately knows me and knows my heart that there's nowhere I can go in that hospital that he's not already there and he's not already before me so friends if you are feeling hidden and just unseen as a nurse in the healthcare field right now you're just exhausted beyond exhaustion you never thought that you could be this burnt out this passionless I just want to encourage you that the Lord sees you. Um, and again, with families who like are struggling with their walk in the Lord, which is so valid given what their earthly life is looking like, they are also so open to be again, like radically changed by the work of the Lord. Um, I just cared for um, a kiddo for a lot of months and it was so interesting to see her dad was really struggling at the beginning and just to see him radically changed by like truly a encounter with the Lord. It's could be explained by nothing else. Wow. Um, just the way he was changed. And I think yeah. you can also learn so much from the parents in, cause it, they're in such a big part of their life yeah. and the Lord can just work in such big ways, even if it's not coming in the way they think, just the time they're spending with the Lord in prayer for their child. I think the Lord can transform so much in that time, even if it's not ultimately healing their child, just in how they're going to be able to grieve 
yeah. after their child passes because they are spending so much time in prayer every single day. Yeah. And even if they are for this particular situation, he obviously was begging for his child to live. Mm-hmm. And then while that didn't end up being the outcome, he was radically changed and was able to let her go with so much peace and grace mm-hmm. that it could literally be from no one else but the Lord for him to be yeah. able to be changed in a way that allowed him to reflect back on the summer that he was able to spend with his child. That is the miracle. That is the blessing he was given, even though he spent all summer praying for the miracle and the blessing to be her walking out of the hospital. While that wasn't what he was given, he was able to have all summer with her. Mm. And he was able to look back and be like, that was the Lord being kind to me, even though it wasn't how I expected him and was praying for him to be kind. He was so kind to give me all summer. And it's just crazy to hear him say that and to see how my faith has changed Mm-hmm. from the families so that's been like a blessing I never expected uh, well friends I hope that you enjoyed um, some of those little clips and some of those just heartwarming stories um, and little tidbits of wisdom next I actually have a little sneak peek into an upcoming episode for you I wanted to put this in with Um, some of my favorite moments, but it's one that y'all haven't heard. So y'all are getting an exclusive sneak peek into the next episode. So here you go. Check it out. Um, So what's been like the most heartwarming thing that you've seen um, as your time as a nurse? Like maybe one story that sticks out to you. Um. I was thinking about like my work here in the hospital. I had a pretty cool, I'm going to give you two. I'm so sorry. Oh, go for it. Okay. I was like, <laughs> had one in the hospital just recently. That was really cool. I, we had a 17 year old. Um, he was racing in his car with his friends down the mm. street, he got into a car wreck. Um, he got ejected from the car, the car rolled several times and he got ejected. Uh, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. He had a really bad brain bleed. Um, so for the first 12 hours of shift, not even shift, the first 12 hours of him being in the hospital, he did not talk. He was completely mute. Um, he would open his eyes. He'd be really agitated, but he would not talk. Um, Mm -hmm. so we were nervous that that would be something permanent, uh, just because of where the bleed was in his brain. Um, and, so I got to take care of him and his mom was wonderful. She stayed the night. She was, he was the youngest of four kids. She's like, I just need him to wake up so I can kill him again. You know? <laughs> Very loving, wonderful woman. Her name was Sophia. Uh, and I remember I was about to take him down to a scan. And I remember I'm really close with our chaplain at our hospital. And I remember texting him and being like, Hey, is it okay? You come by and just pray over him and pray with the family. They could really like use just the Lord at this time. Uh, so he, his name's Chaplain Matt and Matt went in and prayed over uh, the family and over the patient and uh, went in after that. And he was talking. It was That's wild. crazy. Wild. Yeah, it was so crazy to see the Lord's work just instantly. We never see that like something happened like that and it could only be the Lord right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Not any science. We did nothing specifically. We weren't giving him any medications. Mm-hmm. He was just about to go to a scan. We were about to see what, what else was going on. Yeah. Um, and then he started talking. Man. See, that's just like, 
shows you like the Lord's still doing miracles, you know, like you read about crazy miracles in the Bible and you're like, oh, but that's not really still happening today. But it's like, no, like it very much is. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was really special. It was just cool to be a part of. And then I took care of him the next couple of days after. Um, and then I got to see him be completely normal. So he'll have, you know, some, probably a little bit of behavioral issues, um, maybe some anger issues, but Mm -hmm. things that are definitely manageable, but he was like, his brain was, he was fully fluid in his conversations and and understanding. So that was really, really cool to see. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then my, my favorite, favorite, favorite example of all, and it's really sad and I'm sorry if I get choked up a little bit, but okay. uh, my father got diagnosed with brain cancer, uh, January or the end of January of 2021, um, mm. end stage brain cancer. Uh, it was the most traumatizing thing that's ever happened to our family. I feel like we've always had a family that has been very, uh, blessed with good health. And my dad was like the image of, of good health. Um, and so he, uh, this was devastating to our family and just walking through that, I will kind of shorten that conversation, but, um, towards the end of his life, uh, it was actually about a year ago this Mm -hmm. time, uh, he decided that he was kind of done. Um, Mm -hmm. he was just ready to go to see the Lord and he was ready to just go on hospice. So I actually got to spend the last month of his life being his nurse and taking really so I got I was just very lucky to be uh I had FMLA so I was there and I still was getting paid Uh, my job was safe Mm -hmm. um but I got to be there uh for the last yeah the last just short of a month of his life um to clean him and turn him and give him medicine Mm -hmm. um and just hold his hand and that was that will forever be the best job that I've ever had in my life and the most sacred job that I've ever had. I think Mm -hmm. I, um, it was just purely an honor to be there with him and, um, and just to walk my family through just what the dying process looks like. Yeah. Um, but then also just be his daughter. I got to just, we also had hospice nurses coming in and I got to step out of the room and let them Mm -hmm. educate my mom on what to do. And, and, um, and what that looked like. So that was by far, by far the best job I've ever done. And the coolest thing I've ever got to do, um, definitely the hardest, um, but just such a, an honor to do that Mm. for him and be with him and be with my family during that time. So, yeah. And I'm sure that's comforting, like not only for you, but for your family knowing like Cause sometimes it can be scary for a family, not like this stranger is taking care of them during this sacred moment. And so I'm sure that was really special for you and your family that like somebody that loves him so well and so deeply, like got to take care of him during that time. All right, friends. And just like we end every episode, I am going to give y'all some of my top favorite prescriptions for well-being. what would your prescription for well-being be? Yeah. Um, is it okay? Do I have to have just one or can I have a couple that I think are equally No. Important? Yeah. Okay. Go. Have a couple. <laughs> um, have people in your life, um, uh, both inside and outside of nursing that you can talk to. They can relate to you in different ways. It's super important to have somebody inside of nursing that you feel comfortable with um, that can understand the hardships of what you're doing, what you saw. Um, 
and can uh, really empathize with those feelings a lot more so than somebody that's not um, involved in nursing, but also have friends outside of nursing that you can not be a nurse um, yeah. in. You can just be a human being. Um, and that's super important. Um, yeah, keep your relationship with the Lord um, the most important thing in your life. Again, I, I don't know how I um, could separate um, my faith from, um, you know, what will soon be my nursing practice. Um, and so, you know, being on top of that will help me love people better than I ever could by myself because by myself, I, I couldn't get here. And by myself, I certainly could never be enough for those kids um, and what they need in those moments. Um, yeah, take care of yourself. Um, like I said, I'm a big fan of, of therapy. Cry when you need to. Yes, um, I do. I Don't have worry. In my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I will probably today too at some point. So happy <laughs> or sad, I don't know yet. But um, yeah, love yourself the best as you can, uh, and listen to yourself too. So yeah. So Tori, what is your prescription for well-being? Hmm. I think I would just say, remember that before you were a nurse, you were so many other things. Like maybe you were a daughter or son or uh, maybe a spouse or just a really good friend or whatever. Like these still things, these things still remain true of you, even, even as you are a nurse. And I think it's easy to feel kind of beat up by the profession right now. You know, as I mentioned, it's everything is, everyone is short staffed and, it's hard. It's, it's really hard work right now. Um, but remember that you are all of these other things and it's important to treat yourself as such, like when you have your time off. So for me, I love getting outside. I love getting some sun on my skin, um, with SPF, of course. (laughs) Um, I love, I love just getting outside and breathing in that fresh air. Like it really kind of revives my soul and, you know, spending quality time with really good friends is also super important for me. Um, and these are things that I loved before I was a nurse. And I recognize that when I do these things that I've always loved or that have always kind of fueled my soul, um, it really does help me to feel more equipped and more recharged and just better able to care for all of my patients, you know, the next day or whatever it is. So that's what I would say. Get outside, have a glass of wine with a really good friend and just remember, remember who you are, you know, outside of being a nurse because you are so much more. So mother, what is your prescription for well-being for anybody that's listening? My prescription for well-being is to love your children well, (laughs) to take every opportunity to spend time with them, to encourage them, to pray for them, and to be their biggest fan. And that will make every mom, that will make every mom well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And every daughter appreciative. (laughs) Oh, now I'm crying. (laughs) Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To make sure you don't miss another episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a great review.